Porn Stars and People Podcast of Denver, Atlanta. I'm here with Rose the Star. Hi, how are you? Thank you for, uh, for doing this. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, how's it going? Uh, it's good. Uh, I'm enjoying my vacation a whole lot. Yeah, you're in the you're in Manhattan on the prettiest day uh, uh, ever. It's uh, it's just one of these rainy, gr- gross Manhattan days. I have learned that I miss home a lot. It's definitely not as rainy or cold. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you well, this is and this you haven't had cold yet, so you're lucky. This was like a really you were here for Exotica. This was like a really like chill weekend for yeah. Like it was sixties while you were here. Uh I was telling I was telling other people like um when I'm from this you know, this area but a little bit further north, but so during Halloween we would have to like wear full snowsuits and then put our costume over. That's terrible. That's yeah. that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like this. So this idea that like you like that you like go out on Halloween like naked. It's like it happens here, but it's like everybody bundles up beforehand. Not even that. They, they 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 just know that it's gonna be a brutal night. Oh, that's that's. And it's just a lot of like people like people that like all the all the hot clubs. People are just people online, just like bundling together. Um, yeah. So like just it was just part of like life that you knew that like Halloween was when it's freezing. And your costume. So if you can come up with like a, the more elaborate costume, the better. Because the warmer you were, you had more skin, yeah, like, like more bits and pieces covered. Right. So you now still sexy. So now you can be full Deadpool or full like Iron Man or whatever. You know, I was a knight one year, and it was like, uh, and it was like this shiny material, and it was like mostly stuffing, and I was like, I was like eight, and uh, yeah, it's this whole thing. It's just out there, just doing my thing, because I'm covered in this in this crazy deal. Did you do? Wait, so you got here probably close to Halloween? Did you do a Halloween? Um. Sort of. I was on cam for Halloween, oh, so nice. I just I dressed up like a little like geisha girl. Um, I had a stripper outfit. I was supposed to go strip, but yeah. I ended up going to the gym instead. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just go on cam. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The um, I feel like well, I guess it's not as much this as because I I I don't I don't have much of a strip club attendance record. Um, I just don't. I've never. It's never been like the thing for me. Um. But in like every movie, like all the dudes, it basically like stripping for dudes is Halloween, or at least in the movies. Does that make sense? You know, that's the beauty about the strip club. Um, there's a girl at my strip club who was Santa in the middle of July. That's hilarious. And you know, it's just you're always in costume. You're always yeah. It's the one place where you can dress up no matter what time of year. It's yeah. the same thing with camming. Like you can be Deadpool at like right. in the middle of August, and yeah. people are still for it. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be a pixie today. I feel like I feel like a pixie. And they're <laughs> like, yeah, put on that pixie <laughs> outfit. Yeah, guys don't care. Guys don't care. Well, how long you been doing? How long you been doing this thing? Um, I've been camming since December of 2017, so almost a year. Nice. And I've been stripping since I want to say early July okay. of this year. Okay. Yeah. Of this year. Yes. Oh wow! So this is all new stuff. This is completely new. For oh, me. very cool. So wha- I mean, what's your takeaway from a year? Of camming, like, well, how do you? What is it? How is it different than what you thought it was gonna be? And why? Why are you so, um, not devoted? Like, you, you're committed to it now. Like, it's like you never. Yeah. I feel like people start and they're like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And you're you're in. So like now you kind of know the layout. I when I first started, I thought it was gonna be a lot more sexual than it was. Right. Um, and I thought it was gonna be like. I don't know. I thought it was going to be super lonely, and I didn't know how to connect with other people that yeah. well. And now that I'm almost a year in, I 
actually quit my my real full-time job in yeah. August to do this um, and it's so beautiful I'm not just a, a sexual component of people's lives I'm their companion they're my yeah. best friends um, and they're people that I talk to every day on a regular basis and it's not a lonely job like you would think sitting in your bedroom for you know four to six hours a day staring at a camera you're like oh my god this is gonna be terrible right no human interaction right yeah um it's it's not bad because you still get to talk to these people they still talk to you and then things like exotica uh make you able to meet other models and and just thank god for social media because you're able to connect with other people who who really understand what it's like to do what you do to understand your your hardships all that stuff so it's it's definitely it's a lot more beautiful than I thought it would be. That's what, yeah, that's what I thought was cool about um, all the cam setups at Exotica, which are so big and there's so many girls. And it's like, it's very clear that this is a community of people. And it's like, once you get around like-minded people, it's, it's just fun to kind of watch everybody like come up with new ways to do things. And it's like the shortcuts to everything. And I think that camming is one of the most creative outlets in sex work that you can really have. Yeah. You you know, stripping, you kind of have to dance and, and do the same thing. You're up on stage, do full work. Yeah, it's like, regardless of how creative you get, it's like, okay, from this slot to this slot, you're up there, and then you're, and then you're somewhere else. Yeah, and you can't really do a whole lot, like not a lot of strip clubs. If you're, I know girls who are like fire poi girls, can't really do that what in strip it? clubs. Fire poi, where they like flip, they have like fire yeah. ends of, of rope, and they like And they do that around. on cam? Um, I know one girl who, who does fire poi on cam. I know girls who do aerial on cam yeah they're able to to do creative stuff i'm i'm weird i like to do workouts on cam you can't okay. really do that at strip club. yeah <laughs> right yeah that doesn't yeah that doesn't fit because right because what is it it's like a, it's like a song or two you're on yeah you're on uh, at my club you're on for three songs and yeah. then you like gotta get off and go mingle it'd be fun it'd be, it'd be funny if yeah, somebody just came out and did push-ups if you're the girl be like what there is, is a girl on? who does push-ups all at she my does. club she does well it's not all she does right. but she does she's super strong she actually does push-ups and she'll put her leg behind her head and no do shit. the splits while yeah. she does push-ups oh that's great yeah that's cool. so it's like she does really impressive stuff yeah, to yeah, make yeah. you like want to tip her yeah more. that's like yeah that's like that's like a that's like a hot subway move for like a uh for like a, a dancer yeah <laughs> like that's that's where i've seen that it's like the busking um that's cool that's really cool um what was it gonna what was it i was trying to oh there's there's another thing i wanted to connect to on that on that whole deal is like yeah this I don't know. There is something. There is something now, especially with what we've turned social media into. It's like this connection is is almost. It's sometimes it feels deeper than like one than like than like meeting people in the real world. It's like you're always in constant contact with people. I think it's it's so nice because I have one of my best friends in the camming world. She lives in Canada. Yeah. Um, and it's so hard. I live in Oklahoma, where there's not a there's not a camming community. Yeah. There's not. Um, I think I've met one other girl who cams in Oklahoma. Nice. Um, and the even the strip club community, it's it's wonderful. But like, once you go outside your strip club, there's nobody. Right. Um, and it so it becomes very isolating in in states like that where sex work isn't huge. I'm sure in New York City, there's a big camming community. You know, Las Vegas, Miami. Um, so social media. It does make me feel like people are more than like my friends in the real world yeah. because my friends in the real world don't really understand 
the weird things that have to yeah. do with camming, the struggles that we go through, you know, um, being in a relationship and sex work, like they don't they don't understand any of that. So they just understand me, I guess, as a person. Right. They don't understand the struggles that I go through. So when I'm able to reach out to somebody either through Snapchat or through Twitter and get an immediate response yeah. and be able to be like, hey, I'm having a rough day. And they're like, hey, it's okay. We all have rough days. And they talk me through it. And right. they're able to to give me advice or to, uh, you know, be able to be that shoulder that I need. It's it's just so amazing. Like, that's why I, I really do love social media. I feel like such a millennial saying yeah, that. Yeah, no, I I but love I it. It, it makes the world feel so much smaller. Um in in the best possible sense you know it's like we were talking about because today's today's voting day uh we were talking about the fact that like uh because of exotic and all these other things like everybody's mobile all the time now mm -hmm. so it's like this this thing where we have to be somewhere it's like we've we've removed that almost except for voting so that's that was sort of the discussion was that like the voting is the only thing that you like have to be into and now you don't now you can do absentee you can do early vote all these things so it's like that was sort of the only thing left with social media that you had to be in town to 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 do or like have a, it's like people don't even have homes anymore it's like you can literally just travel wherever like and never have an actual like where are you based oh i don't know i'm just kind of based where <laughs> i want to be right yeah, now <laughs> yeah. uh, okay so um you don't have an Oklahoma accent. You don't have a thing, right? Did you grow up in Oklahoma? I um, I grew up sort of in Oklahoma. Um, I was born in London. No shit. Uh, moved here when I was about nine. We lived in Spain. We lived in France. Wow. Uh, did all that the European life. Yeah. Um, moved here. And when I moved to Oklahoma, um, I'm Chinese. So yep. I was a little Chinese girl with an English accent uh, oh that shit. spoke. Catalan and French and no Spanish. Shit. Yeah. So I was I was a freak. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just learned. I do. I just say y'all. Um, y'all. I'll get in the yeah. truck. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like yeah. Sometimes yeah. you'll hear it, but when I travel, especially here in New York City, I'm kind of scared to have that like super no. southern. No, they love <laughs> it. No, th that's the that's the thing for sure. People come to New York and they go, New York's so cold and people are are not friendly. People are so nice here. They're they, they're they a really lot nicer are. than I thought. They really are because it's like it's one of these things. It's like what's what's nice about New York is that people are happy to like if something's going on, they'll address it in that moment. And then what's great about New York is like they don't when you're in other places when you talk to somebody for like an hour or so, that person wants to try to be, pretend that they're going to be your friend forever. In New York, we go, I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's like a, it's an hour interaction and that's it. Or it's like a five second interaction and that's it. And that's fine. And people get that. But like uh, people in New York just love the, a lot of people in New York, I, I, they don't go anywhere. They don't get out of here. They, so it's like when they meet somebody with any other background they get super excited they're like oh my god hi you're from someplace else <laughs> right. that's how it is in oklahoma a lot of people um like i have kids who i went to high school with yeah. who never plan on leaving the yeah. city that we grew up in yes and so like uh my mom's from england my dad's from new york city actually no he was born in harlem so people are just when they walk around they're like fascinated oh my god where are you from yeah they're what so different they're, like, touching <laughs> your face like what is this yeah. what, what are you no, um, I mean, I think that's kind of, well, I think we all vaguely uh, and uh, on some level want everything to just sort of mix together to just kind of see where it all ends up. And then when you get to the middle of the country and stuff, it's like we people get stuck in their thing. And I think there's like there's still a lot of like um, 
like be with your kind of people in the middle of the country, whether it's religion, whether it's race, whether it's very much it's so. like, and it's like, um, it I think my mom, my mom had to do with that a lot. Uh, when she had me, she'd be walking around and little Asian baby, my mother's blonde hair, blue eyed. Okay. So she's not Asian. No. So your um, father's Asian. Yes. Got I have it. a very different family. Most people don't ever see like an Asian man and a white yeah. woman. And I love that. I yeah. Love that they're, it's the, I did my research. It is the um, smallest minority couple. Like there, there okay. is no Asian men and white women. There right. Are a lot of like white, that makes sense. like Asian women and white men. Yeah. Right. And every other like interracial couple. There's a lot of, but like that's the smallest. Interesting. Amount. Yeah. But my my mom would walk around with me and they'd be like, Oh, where'd you get your baby? <laughs> and she would just kind of look at them and be like. My vagina. Where yeah. did you get your baby right. from? Like, yeah. I was a male away thing. Yeah. <laughs> I got her. It was a great deal. And no. we we adopted kids. So yeah. like um I have an African American brother. I have three actually. And um I have, you know, white siblings, yeah. I have mixed siblings. Wait, how many so how many kids in the house? Um we have biologically I have five siblings. Wow. But we adopted twenty five kids in total. What? Yeah. So. Hold on. This really <laughs> should have been where we started. You have 30 siblings. Yes. I've never even had a conversation that started with that uh, uh, blueprint. Um, how does that work, and what is that like? Um, so my parents, they met. My father had three children. My mother had two. Here's a story. They <laughs> family. Okay. They had me. Um, we like while they were dating and everything, my siblings had friends that would come over and usually they had bad relationship with their parents, yep. no relationship with their parents. Sure. Um, my parents would just take them in. No um, shit. My sister's best friend at 15 was sleeping in a car um, out on the lake. So my dad was like, no, you're not. You're living with us. Wow. Now. How are they meeting all these? Not, not that it's like, it's, but it's like, it's a, it's a little out of the ordinary to, um, to have friends, who that many friends who are, who are in bad struggle. situations, yeah. I think that my family's always been very, I guess, positive, very loving. Um, I still have a great relationship with my family. We yeah. see each other once a week. So I think when you exude that positive energy and that love, I really believe this, when you exude that positive energy and that love out into the world and that willingness to help, yeah, people who need it will come to you. Okay. Drawn, it's like a moth to light. When yeah. you are that light in, in your school, in your community, people who need you will be drawn to you. you. Yes. Interesting. So um, one of my other sisters, her best friend, her stepdad used to hit her. Yeah. Um, and my parents would like, so we came, we came over, my, fa my family still had a house here. We came over um, for about a year when I was like itty bitty baby. Yep. Um, and my sister's best friend, her stepdad hit her. She ran three miles barefoot to come to our house. Wow. Uh, the police were called. My mother's a teacher. So they, of course, if they were caught with a runaway child, my mother would have lost her teaching license. Is that a thing? Yes. Oh, wow. Um, because it's a felony to harbor a fugitive. And when you're marked as a runaway child, you're, you're a fugitive. Oh, I didn't realize. That's crazy. So, why, so why? Okay. I see. You're, okay. They, the cops were knocking on the front door, and my parents tell me the story all the time. The cops were knocking on the front door, and they were climbing over the back fence wow. with uh, eight kids and me. And like no my mom shit. was holding me, climbing over the fence to protect these kids. Yeah. 
that need it that right. you know don't have another home i remember being was nine and my brother's best friend um he <laughs> he was he was my best friend he he became my brother like i i didn't see him any differently yeah um he's he's i, I don't want to say his name but he's sure ginormous um very tall african-american boy about six foot eight yeah um and my dad's a very short asian man so like he was the tallest man that i've ever met in sure my life. yeah um it's still a lot of people like one if if, if if i met lebron it's it's that's a, it's a <laughs> huge person yeah and i remember meeting him he'd come over to my my house all the time and i'd just be like wow and one yeah. day uh, about three o'clock in the morning doorbell rang my dad's marine so he answered with a gun you know worried about what's going on the front porch light was broken and he was about about 15 at the time yeah uh standing on our front porch with four bags of clothes yeah from walmart like they were all they weren't from walmart but they were in little walmart bags and his mom was in the car and she just looked at my dad from the car in the street and said my boyfriend doesn't want him at the apartment anymore and drove off wow he's never seen his mom since then wow um and what what do you do when yeah. a fifteen year old boy gets dropped off on your front porch? Right, take him in. So um, I woke up in the morning and Donnell was sleeping on our couch, and I remember just looking at my parents and I was like, uh, "Is he could he, is he staying here?" And yeah. my parents were like, "He lives here now." It was just very matter yeah. of fact. It was right. just a very like yes, and I was like, "Okay." Wow. So I until I was about eleven, I didn't understand that other people didn't have like. I right. live in Oklahoma. Yeah. People stick with their own their own people. Right. So a lot of there weren't a lot of families that were super mixed race. So I didn't understand that like having an African American brother and having a Hispanic sister and having an Asian dad and a white mom and yeah. a white sister. It's was very not the weird. Was not yeah. yeah, it was out of the ordinary. So I'd be like, This is my brother and they would be like is yeah. he really but what is but what yeah. is he what is he really? <laughs> and I'd be like, No, but this is my brother. Yeah. Like, this is just it was very normal to me. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. The only the only thing I have as a comparison is is this thing that we did as Italians, which is we just called everybody aunt and uncle. As kids, we just if we would meet our, our the friends, that's just Uncle Dave, and this is Aunt, whatever. Yeah. And it's like so we just it was just like yeah, just suck everybody into your family. It's all family. Um, but yeah, it's like, especially in Oklahoma, and just sort of like I don't know. Let's 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 say Oklahoma is uh, a fair amount just white people. Yes. And they don't like yeah. There's that that whole bring everybody in, uh, and just make it one big happy thing is not. I don't know. It's not. I don't know. I don't know where or why it's a. It's like a. It's any particularly ethnic thing to do. I don't know. It's Italians, Greeks, Black people. It's like that's just a thing. We just, everybody's family. Come on in. I don't yeah. know why. I I feel like, uh, I don't know. Like that. I never understood. My my parents always wanted to be that family growing up where yeah. like everybody went to their all the kids went to their house yeah. and they just ended up having all the kids live oh at their house. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, how many people in a building did you grow up with? Um, I grew up with anywhere from probably about seven to I think we at the most we had because I had I'm the youngest. Yeah. So so people were up and gone. Yeah. The time. Um, I think the most we had was about 13 kids. That's 13 crazy. Like people living yeah. in the house, including my parents. Yeah. 
That's that's got to be a total. So my my I, I look at my life and things that I do and the way that I communicate a lot through how things happen in my house. So it was me and my little sister, or me and my older sister first, and then that was a contentious relationship the whole time. And then we had my little sister, and then my little brother, and it's like I can feel like the way we interact as people change over those periods of time. So it's like growing up with that. You just came into there's all these people, and we have to coexist. Yes, and I think it's taught me. I I like to say I'm a very social creature. Yeah. I I never knew strangers because strangers would come to my house and then they would live with us. Yeah. So it was just very like that's why like New York scared me when I came here because I just everybody's my friend. I'm right. like, hi, how are yeah. you doing? Yeah. And they're like, who the fuck is this bitch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you just it's like for New York, it is it is just sort of like this body language thing because because what happens the fir- your first step in New York is you go, I'm gonna shut it off. And I'm just gonna go. I gotta get from my thing to m- to my thing because because crazy shit happening in New York all the time. So it's like, you don't you can't the the thing is you can't be so open that like because what happens is there's lots of people that are like trying to uh, either ask for money or like scam you or whatever. It's like it's around. And I think as New Yorkers we just think everybody who needs help is trying to scam us because that's yeah. just kind of what it's become. So the first step is I'm leaving the house. Let me shut it off. So that I can just get to my thing. And something weird's gonna happen here and something weird's gonna happen here and just shut it off. But then eventually throughout the day it's like, yeah, we would like we wanna interact and we wanna be part of the thing. But it's like, yeah, if 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 like you just come out of your door and then there's like a you hey, it's like uh, what? No, I can't why? <laughs> why you can you see me? I don't understand. Like I just wanna get to my place. I I was in Miami. I, I learned this very quickly when I was in Miami. because um, I lived I lived in Deerfield for about four months and I everybody like I just thought everybody was super friendly to me. I didn't realize that I was kind of like forcing that interaction sure, onto sure. people. Um, and in Oklahoma, they say everybody is your friend. Like nobody's a stranger. You can literally drive down the street on the highway, wave at people, and they'll wave at you back. Yeah. Like it's just very. You sit in the line at the grocery store and joke and talk, and then you're like, "Okay, see you later." And yeah. then you know you're gonna see them. You know, I'm trying to think at the same grocery store in yeah. two weeks. I'm trying to think if I had that experience. I made a lot of good friends in Oklahoma, but I, but I never viewed it in that thing because I go to Oklahoma at least once a year. Um, and and my good friend Trace Thomas, super talented photographer. I met him. I met him there, and I and I flew him out to like uh, photograph like this week long uh, bunch of events that we had the Hoboken Comedy Festival. So. Uh, but I never, but I didn't notice uh, Oklahoma any different than any other place. So, so I, I gotta, I gotta like pay attention to that next. You time gotta, go. you gotta watch. I think the interactions between Oklahomans are just, we're just a really friendly state. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like, I moved back to Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, and I moved back just because the people are so nice. Yeah. And now, are you in? Are you in? Are you in OKC or are you? I am in OKC. Because I feel like. Oklahoma City is starting to have a particular kind of experience, whereas when I was staying in uh, Edmonton, is that the one? Edmond. Edmond, yeah. Ed- Edmonton is in uh, Kansas. When I was in, I Ed- lived. That's where I grew up. I grew up in Edmond. Oh, okay, so yeah. Yes. So Edmond and Norman, those feel more like maybe what you're talking about. There, okay. So Edmond was voted the, I think, n- the number one suburb in the country like two times in yeah, a row. Yeah. It's very like bougie sure. white people, like. Yeah. Um, you say like if you're in OKC and you're like I grew up in Edmond, they're like, oh, oh we know you're, me. yeah, you're like we know <laughs> what kind of girl you are. Right. Um, Norman is is a college town. They've right. got OU down there, so it's very like 
it's it's a very community type place. Yeah. You're probably an OU fan. You probably right. watch the games. Yeah. Probably go out to the same bar to right. watch the damn games. Right. Yeah. And there's like that little squ- there's like sort of like a square of where the bars and like the cool yeah spots are. you got you got Campus Corner and that's pretty much it. Um, but Oklahoma Oklahoma City is is a little bit bigger, but when you go outside of like downtown, so there's like the Paseo District, there's the Plaza, they've got. North side, south yeah. side. When you go to these different neighborhoods, it's the same way. Like, you're just you sh- everybody's your your friend yeah. and your neighbor. Um, there was a guy. My my SUV died, and I drive a nine seater SUV. I drive the biggest thing that you could ever find in the world. Which one's a, ni- which one's a nine seater? Um, it's a 2002 Ford Expedition. Okay. I drive. I literally drive a boat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, so how do you get nine? Is is the f- is the front a bench? Yes. So you can put three on the front. Yes, three, three in the middle, three, three in the on the middle, back. Three in the back. Oh, yes. that's crazy. Um, and and big cars are just a thing in Oklahoma. Yeah, sure. Um, but all the time, I'm like, oh my god, I can't park. I like, I can't reverse my SUV. You can't parallel park. No, I can't parallel park. I can't even like back up into yeah. the parking spot. So yeah. like sometimes I'll just get out. And I'm like, oh, and I'll go up to somebody. Can you like? <laughs> Park Come my, my SUV and they're like, yeah, sure. They go park it. They're no like, shit. turn your lights off for you. Here's your f- like, no I'll leave my phone in there. They'll be like, here's your phone. Here's your wallet. Yeah, like, it's just very Oklahoma. You know, you hear places all the time where it's like, I don't have to lock my doors. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's gonna be crime, but like a lot of smaller towns in Oklahoma, people still don't lock their doors. Yeah. they still like, it's the same people that you've grown up with your whole life. Like when I go back to Edmond, uh, my parents still live there, so when I go back there, like. I see the same kids that I grew up in high school with, yeah. like oh, the same person in the grocery store that's been there since yeah. I was 16, this you is know? This is like clicking in a, a, a thing for me that, like, the, so there's a personality trait that my father has that where every time something happens to somebody in our family, he's immediately like this conspiracy theory guy. He's like, well, who did you piss off? <laughs> and I'm just realizing now it's like, because he grew up in that kind of thing where it's like, he grew up in a neighborhood that was everybody knew everybody. So if somebody robbed you, you it knew was it was you somebody, fu- yeah. You fucked, you fucked somebody, somebody over. over, or somebody hated you because you took their girl. It's like it's like if your house got broken into, you knew it was like one of four people. Uh, and I grew and I grew up in a different environment where it's like it's crime seems so random to me. So when something happens, like I got my car keyed on like uh, New Year's Eve one year, and I was like, Dad, it was New Year's Eve. Somebody's fucking around, you know? Yeah. What I mean? And uh, he's like, no, no, no. And I'm in Hoboken. It's like it's you know so many people. And he's like, no, no, no. You pissed somebody. And it's like, uh, no. So now, so that's 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 the element that I that I failed to understand of, of how my father grew up. It's like, yeah, these communities are like it important, and it's yeah. like, and you're and you're a person in the community, and people know you, and it's like, and they respect the fact that they don't want chaos in their in their place. To put it into perspective, uh, last voting session, there was this girl who, my parents uh, live in a pretty nice neighborhood. I walked out, and she was stealing like. The, the voting signs. My mother's very political. Oh, okay. She's uh, yeah. she's super, she's a teacher. She's like president of the teachers union. Very, very, very active. Yeah, she was voting. stealing specific voting signs. Whoever she yeah, didn't she, yeah. she was like, she grabbed it. I remember walking outside and she was like, say no to weed. Because <laughs> we were trying to legalize <laughs> medical yeah, marijuana right. in Oklahoma. And I was just like 16 year old girl. And like, I ran over my first instinct. I lived in Houston. I've yeah. lived in Deerfield. I've lived outside of, of Oklahoma. Yeah. So I was like, oh, hell no, bitch. So I ran over, yeah. yanked it from her hands, and she was like, oh, no, don't hit me. Don't hit me. Well, of course, my brother, um, he's he's a little bit more, I like to say, hardened like me. Yeah. So he hops over the fence, yeah. gets in his car, follows these people to their house, and like I lectured her dad. I was yeah. like, you need to know that your daughter could have gotten shot because we're at Standard right. State. So right. like, 
Right. I could have easily shot her for being on my property, and like that would have been completely legal. Right. Um, and like I lectured him, and she was like 16, so she's like, Emma, you know, hiding behind her dad. Well, guess who's in my mom's class this year? Oh, hilarious! <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, so it's like, yeah, your your reputation follows you around. Yeah. And yeah. So I didn't get that as much because my my mom's able to be like, she went up to all the teachers that she knew that she had. Mm-hmm. She was like, by the way, she'll steal your sh- your she's voting yeah. signs. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I like how she's going to – it's uh, the vendetta against her now. That's funny. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Where was I going to – where was that? What was my thought process on, on, on that? I had, I, had a, I, had a, I had a bullet I wanted to address. Um, I don't know. So th- 13 people in a house mm-hmm. is a totally different uh, and crazy experience. Now, do you live with lots of people now or you're fine with I live solo? with – I lived by myself for a while. Yeah. But that was really – like I said, I'm a social creature. Right. I lived with people my whole entire life. So when I would go home and there's nobody but my dog. I'm isn't like it? Isn't it weird? It got I got I got weird. I'll yes. admit this 110 yeah. percent. So like my my dog is my best friend. Yeah. Um, I have a blue nose pit bull. Her name's Athena. I and can relate she to is, this. She is the cutest thing in the world. I'll show you mine real quick. But keep it carry on. Um, And she ended up like. That's mine. Oh. And she's like, she's like travel size. I don't know how it happened, but she's, she's got all big brothers and sisters and yeah. mom. She ended up being 35, 37 pounds. She's See, mine's, perfect size. Mine, I call her travel size, but she's like 60 pounds. Yeah. But she's it's a, a bowling ball. Yeah. She's, she's a Staffordshire Terrier. She's big, yeah. bulky. But when you live with only your dog for a while, you start to get very weird. Yeah. Um, I cook. I love cooking. So. I would cook for myself. Well, of course, it's really hard to cook for just one person. You have a lot of leftovers. Right. So so my move for that for a while was I would cook way too much, and then I would just eat it all and then be wildly sick. Oh, no. It took me a while to, like, figure out that, like, oh, yeah, cooking for one person sucks. I cooked half for me and half for her. That's great. So, like, dogs can't eat garlic, so I'd, like, reduce the garlic and stuff like that. Thank you. Avocado, (laughs) garlic, onion. like Grapes. Grapes are Grapes are poison. My dog almost died from eating grapes. Yeah. Um, And so I, like, looked up what they can Don't give your dogs people food, guys. It's... I mean, I give my dogs people. Give well, your dogs the right people. I basically food. eat. Yeah, I eat what what would what, what keeps it, what would keep us both alive. That's yes. where I'm at. I was eating like steak and carrots. Yeah. Uh, if I ate noodles with like a lot of garlic, I would even like cook different sauces for yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Because sweet like, potatoes. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> we would like sit at the table together. This sounds. This is gonna make me sound like a crazy person. I would sit at the no, table with it. her. She would sit with me. And eat off of the plate, yeah. and we would be like across from yeah. each other. And um, dog doesn't care. Dog will do like dog will will match you wherever you're at. Your dog will yeah, match you. Yeah, she's like okay, cool. Like I like to get my nails painted. She would get. She yeah. would wait and like let me paint her yeah. nails. Her favorite color is pink. Uh, one of my favorite is one of my favorite things is uh, there was this video. Uh, two dogs, I think they're golden retrievers, and one of the dogs has an ear infection or something. So those, so the one dog. Goes up. They're both two dogs waiting, and the guy goes, "Okay, come on." And the first dog comes up, and he puts the drops in the in the first dog's ear. Yeah. And then the second dog doesn't have an ear infection, but, but then but still it's waiting wants in line. The drops, yeah. Right. And then he gets in, so then he fakes the drops in the second dog's ear. It's just I, I love how dogs are just like they're down to do anything. Right. They're like, what are we doing today? Awesome. And so like we, I didn't realize how weird this was. I did this for about um, I want to say like three months. Yeah. And my best friend was living in Houston at the time. And she walks in. She had a key to my house. She walked in 
were dressed up because I didn't go on dates. Um, I was I was like so incredibly single that it wasn't even the funny anymore. So now this is this is the territory where it starts to, to get, get in. Weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told you I, I, I'm going to seem like a freak. So she's like she she had her nails painted. Uh, she had like her nice collar on and I'm in yeah. like a dress and we're like eating dinner yeah. across oh from hey each other. And she walks in and she was like. This has got to stop. You have to move in with somebody. <laughs> this is just really sad. She was like, yeah. "Are you socializing with with people outside of the right, house?" Right, right. And I was like, "I I didn't know how to explain." She yeah. was like, "You need to go on a date." Yeah. Like tomorrow. <laughs> she was like, "This is getting scary." Yeah, that's fun. I uh, I had the thing where I I moved in with a bunch of people in college, so now I got four roommates, and that became fun. And it's just like, but then I would have those days where it's like you got you like there was the excitement of coming home is that like oh there's like a bunch of people I can talk to and something, and so then I'd come home like on like a Friday after doing something, and uh, like early it's like before we're gonna go out, and I know we're all going to this thing, but I come back and I get in the house and there's of four people nobody's there i just remember that being the weirdest and when like nobody's saddest at the house, yeah. and lonely because you like you come home thinking it's like yeah i'm gonna do this and then nobody's there yeah it's like a thing and then it makes you it also like makes you paranoid when there'd be those weird weekends so me and one of one of the roommates um we were we were, we were going to college in the town that we lived so he would go home for holidays and the other two guys would go home home yeah but i would chill i would just stay there because it was like better than like staying at my folks place and um but it was just like it was just this weird eerie, and I, w- I would get like I would get like paranoid and scared all the time because it's like you're just because when you're used to there's always being sounds and always shit yeah, and clunking like and clunking. stuff. Now when there's no like now silence is like especially now living in New York when I get the silence I freak out a little bit. It's like silence. Silence. I I don't know. I live with my my sister who's closest to me um, and another one of our our roommates and. It was like it's the weirdest. We had we did have four people living in our house at one time, which was like insane because we only have three bedrooms. Yeah, and we have a tiny house, so like she was living in the living room, and like it was just it was nuts. Did you like did you like section it off? Yeah, we had two living rooms, so we like used curtains. Yeah. We sectioned it off, which was like fine until she had like a guest over, and then yeah. we're like, shit. I we can hear we can like hear you getting fingered. Yeah, I would I would be like she would like be getting pounded in the mattress, and I'm like I just need water. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, and so I'm like, ah, yeah, like I was like, go through the other gotta, room. Yeah, you got to put your New York shit on. That's yeah. what I mean. In, <laughs> New, in New York, if you're walking, you're going to work. If somebody's getting banged out on the sidewalk, you, you don't even. Yeah, like you're like, oh, <laughs> welcome to New York. And you just like, go. <laughs> you got to put them on. So like, but my roommates are, are homebodies. So uh, one of them works two jobs. The other one, my sister, she's she's lovely, but she stays at home most of the time. So I'm always the only time that I'm like by myself is when I wake up because we have opposite schedules. Yeah. So they have like normal people time. Right. And I go to bed at like 9 a.m. Yeah. So I wake Which up at like 3 p.m. works out great for you. When I, yeah. when I had a roommate who had the same schedule as me, then I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. Because then you have to shower and you have to right. like, you know, when you've got a to lot. poop, there's like yeah. one bathroom yeah. and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, I like having the opposite schedule works in my favor for having a, a regular person roommate because then it's like, yeah, yeah, we can see each other in the fun, like we're all prepared moments. Yeah. And then the other shit is like, yeah, wake up and go straight. You know, it's like I wake sometimes you sometimes you did the wrong thing and then you wake up in, a, in an emergency situation. You You're need like, that, oh, fuck. You need, a, you need that bathroom for, for one of <laughs> one of a couple different opportunities. Um, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. But it's just I don't know. So for me, like I live with I live with two other people now and I, I love living with roommates. Now, like, I can leave my dog and I don't have to, like, transfer her to my parents' house and be like, can you watch her for, like, yeah. a week? They're, I'm like, hey, we have two cats and a dog. And I'm like, can I just leave her here? And yeah, like, right. Yeah. And then they just FaceTime me. Uh, I FaceTimed 
my sister yesterday, my dad collects M&M dispensers, so I went to oh M&M shit. World, and I bought, like, every type of dispenser that they that he didn't have. Who I don't even, I didn't even know that this was a thing. <laughs> what, are there, there are multiple, like, M&M, like, do they start, like, so where's the, the starting process? Make it look like a gumball machine? Sort of, yeah, but they're different, so a lot of them have, like, M- a lot of them have, like, the M&M guy on yeah. them. Yeah. He's been collecting them. He has, like, ones from the 1990s. So what like are the me- – can we see some? I, w- I just want to know what the mechanism of, like, letting the M&Ms These ones are kind of lame because I bought him all the cool yeah, ones yeah, yeah. before this. No, bring them out. Especially since, especially since we have the, the YouTube opportunity. Let's do it. I don't know. And then and then I, and then I'll hit up Eminem uh, when th- when we get all when we get all kinds of views and be like, "Yo, you need to be sponsoring us. Yeah. Send me all send me all blue M and M's." Okay, let's see. Okay, so this is a this is a blue M and M. I'll show the camera. Okay, and then you. So what happens? So you push the so you push it in the chest basically, and then it opens. And then what? Does it, the whole thing is just a tray. Yeah. So. Uh, so. Like you push it, and yeah. then the M and M's come out here, and then you actually load them in the back. Nice. So there's like ju- just totally different ways that you can do it. Yeah. All the other dispensers, like oh, this, this one's, one's cool. This one's really cool. It's like a zigzag, so you like take it. And yeah. What do they call? What do they call this? Um, plinko. It's like plinko, but yeah, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's or like it basically looks like an ant farm. Yeah. And then, uh, so you do on the top, and then you spin it down. If you guys ever play, if you guys play video, yeah, those video games, it's like the one where um, the coin drops all the way down. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, and you're trying, and you just gotta try to get it to the end. So they're all sort of like. Um, these ones are. I told you these ones are are cool, but they're kind of lame. This one's like a, it's like a funnel. So you like press the top, yeah. and they like come. Oh, that's out really the cool. Bottom, that's so and many. It's got like a tray. I feel like that th- this one you like get a lot of M and M. So this is the one right. that you're like the you're pl- like I want like a handful and yeah. a half. <laughs> and you gotta put you gotta stick your hand. In it. But so the problem I feel like with this with uh, with this collection is that uh, you're gonna eat a shit ton M and M's. That's usually <laughs> what happens. So my dad collected them, and what's funny is he doesn't eat M and M's a whole at all. No, he's not really he's like a it. sweets person. But he would have them like in his office. So yeah. he'd be the M and M guy. Like yeah. people would walk into his office because M and M's probably don't like go stale at all. No. So he would have like peanut and like peanut butter. Oh like he's shit. got like the crispy raspberry. Like yeah. He What's crispy raspberry? They're like uh, you know the crispy M and M. Yeah. They're like raspberry flavored. What? They're you, you never think about it. stuff M&M's like this. Killing it. Like how how many different M and Ms they are until your dad collects them and they've got like white chocolate candy corn yeah. and like pumpkin spice and you're like what the fuck? But That's it was fun. just a. Uh, I don't know. So I, I went yeah. to Eminem World and I was on the FaceTime with my sister and she shows me my dog and I'm in Eminem store and I'm like, ah, baby, baby. you know, like, <laughs> hi, baby. And she's just like, mommy's trapped in a little square. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never seen, like, my parents were doing this too. The first time I ever, they ever took uh, my dog, I can't remember which trip I was on, but I was going to be going for a little bit and they were trying to do this thing. And it's like, I just don't think dogs. They don't get that thing. Like it, like p- the whole part of you being there is is your whole essence and all your energy, and that's yeah. what they're feeding off of. So like your voice is cool. They're like, oh, uh, and then they just go off doing something else. Yeah, but it's not. Like, yeah, it's not the same. They know it's not really you, but like when I get home, I like, like I said, she's a sixty pound dog. Yeah. So when I get home, it's like suffocation. Like yeah. I just lay on the. Fl- I literally go. I'm like, hold on, and you I lay to. on the floor, and she's just she goes all over me, and she just like sniffs me, and she's like. You fucking smell weird. Yeah, with like a pit bull, you have you almost have to just get in a fetal position and just let them do the because they're, they're like climbing yeah, they on they you. They're, they're so like, much. yeah. And she's like so energetic all the time. Yeah. She everybody the tells tail's me tail's knocking like, shit off the table. Nobody understands how powerful this tail is. Like yeah. I literally have bruises on yeah. my thighs just from her just like getting really excited. Yeah. And, like she's a weird. Everybody thinks I like I abuse my dog. I don't, but I just we have this thing. I call it 
hockey dog and um she's like literally a hockey puck i take her we have wood floors and yeah. tile so i her. shove her yeah. into the wall as hard as possible it can't yeah and she's like oh my so god she fun. bounces off the wall yeah. comes back and she's like oh hi and That's like, so fun people are like you like i smack her yeah pit bulls love no, that pit, well pit bulls are and they're also they're just so dense it's yeah. like uh Think of it. Think of it like as like walking up to like Arnold Schwarzenegger and slapping on the ass. Like, like they're know? like, yeah. yeah. Football players slap each other because it's like that's that's part of it. You it's know? a stimulation thing. Like yeah. slapping doesn't hurt them. It's yeah. kind of like scratching. Like sometimes when I scratch her, she's just she just kind of looks at me and I'm like, hold on, and then I yeah. smack the crap yeah. out of her and she's like, yeah. Yeah, I'll, like yeah, you bear hug them. You, I'll, I'll I'll sometimes I'll flip I'll flip my dog. You know, when she, cause she gets in these weird, she gets like gets in these weird positions. Sometimes she's just like upside down on the couch. So then I'll just flip her, and then she ends up back in the thing. Yeah. And then they're just like they're like they get so excited when you like man. I call yeah. it manhandling yes. my dog. Like well, you're you just can't, like you can't do it ch- to a chihuahua. You can't. It's like there's a lot of dogs you can't do it to because they like freak out. Yeah. I she's my she's my leg workout. Sometimes we'll go in the backyard and I'll just like kick her from side to side, yeah. like in the chest. Yeah. And she loves that. I'm like, you want to go be mommy's workout? Hilarious. She's like, yeah. And she runs to the backyard. I just picture like I just picture her holding the holding up the gloves. Because <laughs> she's got she's just got such a damn broad chest. Yeah, like it's, it's a yeah. nice target. No, I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and, and even mine is a mini. It's like that's what we do. So I put the um that's where we're at. Is like we we hike a lot. We do things. So it's like when I put she'll like wait. She's like no. She got to chill. She got to wait for the leash. I will put the leash on, and it's like you know it's the strap the harness, around the chest, yeah. right? And then and I'll clip it. And then it's like you would think that the clip would tell her it's like, no, but like the the like we're ready to go is I smack her on the ass and then and we she's go. like yeah she's and 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 if I and if I skip if I don't do it she's she's like waiting she's like what do she's we do like, where, where are we Pop, going okay now? cool let's go <laughs> like a horse I I always tell her because I'm like you want to go you want to go somewhere and she's like yeah yeah and then like the click and then I grab her she's got like a little like a hole on her heart yeah. at the top so I, like pull her a little bit she's like. Yes. Yeah, it's like you know a wind-up toy. You just gotta like you gotta yeah, do yeah, the yeah. little thing for her, and she's like ready to go. Yeah, the uh, that's uh, the 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 th- uh, yeah people that don't understand dogs just don't understand the the part of it where it's like wh- whatever you're exuding, they just absorb it. So if you're a weird like nervous person, if you're like worried all the time, they're your just dogs just gonna, gonna be yeah. That's who they, that's where they live. Is they're just like oh well, fucking some like because if you're worried, they can feel and they're like looking around they're like yo something's about to happen, <laughs> something's going down. What's happening? And so that's how my sister is. So her dog is always on high alert. So it's like my so because my sister's dog and my dog have interacted when she's away. Yeah. No problems. Whenever she so even this was this was like the perfect example. My, my father told me the story. He had he had my uh, he had my dog. They go to like the housewarming party, and Loki comes out and he's sniffing tests. They're chilling. Everything's fine. My sister's nowhere to be found. My sister puts one foot on the back porch, and then Loki rah just bites my dog. And it's just like it's just that her energy. energy. It's just yeah. like she's just always on this like I don't know. I can't describe. I it. I don't know. My my parents have. A great day mastiff mix. That's oh my wow! That's so her you just boyfriend. just yeah. take the two things <laughs> that are the biggest and cram them together, them, yes. and then make a gorilla. And dog. they got him, and they the kid who gave it to him, where he was like, "Yeah, can you just watch my dog? Like he's a pit bull." Let me tell you, that dog is not a pit bull. He is definitely like over a hundred pounds and comes up to my chest. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> he's ginormous, but he's my dog's. Like he's Athena's boyfriend. Yeah. So like my parents are super chill people. So all the time, he's just like, he gets really excited when you come inside, and then he's just like, hey, what's up? And then he just sits on top of you. Yeah. Like, what's up? Yeah, Great Danes <laughs> and Mastiffs are just, they're just so, yeah, they're just so, like, oafy. 
He's just so big. And he doesn't understand that he's big, so yeah. he'll like just walk over my dog. And right. I'm like, uh, you can't just yeah. step on her like that. That's yeah. not. And he's just like, oh, oh my god, hi. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> they're really like dorky dogs. Yeah, just like people. It's like the same thing when somebody's when somebody's super big. They just sometimes they're just like, oh. It's like a lot um, of limb going on. Yeah, my uh, my cousin has a is a bull mastiff, and the head on this dog is like, I mean, it's like a horse head. It's just so big, and it's like. Uh, so like a normal dog, you throw like a blanket over him, and they like they try to fight out. You throw a blanket on this dog, and he just he's just like, oh, that's where I'm at now. Yeah, they're just he like just cool. stays under the blanket forever. He's like until you pull it, he'll just be under there. He's just like you put him on pause. <laughs> it's like you see that's how my parents' dog is. I mean, we don't usually try to throw blankets on top. He's like a soft. Once we f- yeah, once we figured out that this was a thing, that you was like, now it's so just so like <laughs> yeah, it's almost like an ostrich. Like you just cover his eyes, and he's just like okay, nobody can see me. I'm good. I, uh, my, my mom's friend has a cat and like if you put a sweater on him, he'll freeze and fall over. Yeah. His name's Kittler. Um, Why does he fall over? I don't know, but he'll just like freeze and then he'll just slowly he like <laughs> fall onto He's the He's like, side. what is this? Why is this happening? Yeah, okay, and then he bye. falls and then she's good. Like then that's because Kittler is like crazy. Kittler yeah. has, is a completely white cat with a little black part right over oh, her weird. nose. Oh, Kittler. So Kittler. I see. The terrible, terrible name yeah. for a cat. You like caught it. You like caught him like, like uh, killing millions and millions of squirrels. Yeah. He's, he's a fucking weirdo though. Yeah. Like, like he's, <laughs> he's maniacal. So that's why they learned the, the sweater Hitler. thing because like when he acts crazy, he can jump six feet in the air. Yeah. Like, straight up. Yeah. So they'll just put the sweater on him when he acts cause he'll attack the other cat sometimes. So they like sweater on sure. him and then, stop <laughs> and then kittler is just like on the ground like frozen for two hours and that's like that's instead better. of putting the cat in the cage yeah. they just put the cat that's in the better. sweater yeah and he's just watching stuff. <laughs> he's, just like, he's just like fake paralyzed for some reason yeah my uh yeah my buddy i mean this is where the like, animals are just so um they're i mean they're wild animals like uh my buddy's got the Nate bargassi has got this joke about how everybody's making fun of his cat for being fat, and it's like as if he's doing something wrong. And he's like, "What are you feeding?" And I'm like, "I'm feeding him regular cat stuff." And he's talking about how he's like, he's like, he doesn't really have a problem. He's like, he can jump from the floor to the refrigerator. Like, yeah, he's like that'd be the equivalent. What does he say? So that'd be like, that'd be equivalent if I was just standing there and I just jumped on top of a bus, <laughs> just from flo- from flat foot. Like he's fine. He's a cat. He's gonna just figure it out. Just because they're they're a little chubby doesn't mean they can't do what they <laughs> yeah. want to do. He's gonna figure it out. All right. Uh, how do they? Okay. So wait. Number one, uh, I like to tell people to to pay for your content. Uh, pay for your porn. Pay for the things that you want to watch. Keep Absolutely. supporting people in this business. Uh, if you found something you didn't pay for it, uh, the chances are the performer didn't get paid. And um, also, you gotta think of it like you pay for the quality of it. That's that's what I try to yeah. explain to a lot of people. Like, if you get free shit on the street, it's probably gonna fall apart within like two days yeah, so if you pay for it it's gonna be the more you pay for it the better quality yeah. it's gonna be and hoping that you have fans in oklahoma city i'm gonna say pay for your comedy because there's, there's a thing going on in oklahoma city right now where bars restaurants and uh established venues think that comedy doesn't cost money so I'll, I'll i'll call to set up a show and they go yeah no we don't we don't charge for comedy here yeah and it's, i go well how, so how, are, how are your artists going to feel like they can uh, produce and and uh, and become better. And why would they look at this as an as a as a valid field if you don't want to let I anybody make money? We have one comedy club yep. in Oklahoma, and I have never seen a comedy mm. show. Looney Bin, you have Looney the Looney Bin, bin yes. but you have a b- you have a bunch of now in the positive you have a bunch of like uh, ancillary L- shows. Yeah, and, and I could and it's it's nice, but like I until now I I really haven't realized how little our our comedy yeah community the scenes really the is. scenes starting to happen. 
Um, but it's li- it's little places that are uh, there's a place called Fifty First Speakeasy, and I love that. There's place. little places that are like that are that are that are somewhat nurturing, but then somewhat uh, sending the mix m- a mixed message. So yes. that's 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 my speech. Pay for your content. This is this is how these people make a living, myself included. And this is this is what we want to do. We love what we're doing, and but we need to get you know just like you. You go to work. We want to we're going to work. We want to get paid. Uh, how do they follow you? How do they how do they get to your content? So. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, it's all my name, Rose Istar, R-O-S-E-I-S-S-T-A-R. Um, my my free cans, if you want to come watch me, be weird, rant about uh, bullshit. Um, Rose Istar underscore X. Um, that's also my mini vids if you want to buy my content. Um, panties. I also bake cookies for my fans. Oh, shit. Yes. They're um, not panty cookies, are they? <laughs> no, they're not panty cookies. I I do have a reputation for making some really bomb-ass chocolate chip cookies. Oh, though. shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, my amateur porn is Rose Istar, all in word. Um, yeah, that's cool. pretty much how you find yeah. me. Uh, we'll check her out. Follow her stuff. Get on her many vids. Get on her things. Um, thank you for doing this. It was a definitely a pleasure. This was awesome. Are you gonna do any other live things? Are you going? I mean, are you gonna try to go to the other exoticas? Do you go to AVN? Do anything um, like that? I will be at AVN. Um, I'm gonna try to go to a couple exoticas next year. I went to three this year, Great. and it was, like I said, absolutely mind blowing. Like yeah. the sexual positivity there is yeah. is uh, is just amazing. I've always been told I was a slut growing up, so now I'm like everybody's a slut. Yeah, it's awesome. that's 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 the thing that I'm learning more and more, especially as I uh, in into my into my mid thirties, you know, uh, try to deal with the concepts of monogamy and the permanence of it. That's that's my big struggle now. It's like monogamy's great, uh, but it's it's it doesn't last very long. It's like the only people that made it with these marriages for like long, long, long periods of time have. <sighs> I don't know, fully committed to the concept. And we've, like, removed that idea. Like, we all know that we can be single. We can find a yeah. new person. So everybody that got, so in my mid-20s, everybody was like, why are you not getting married? What's going on? And then everybody I knew got married. And then now I'm in third, and they're all getting divorced. Yeah. So you're like, So hey. the energy's changed. Like, it went from, like, you're an idiot to, like, oh, like. Shit, maybe I think I, fuck, I think I fucked up. Yeah. Um. So when I meet people in, in, in your industry, and, and it's sort of like they, they understand that they're, that like, you know, locking down to one person maybe isn't isn't the exact thing, that, and that some some level of variety, and that and that there's a spectrum to all of this, and that and that there's a progression. Um, See, I I'm I wouldn't say a monogamy person, but like I I'm in a relationship now, and I mean I'm never gonna say no to a beautiful woman. Yeah. Um, but I actually this is gonna sound crazy. I actually waited a year to have sex until yeah, I met the right person. Yeah. Um. Which, I mean, in my industry, everybody was like, I was uh, stripping, and I was like, yeah, I haven't had sex in a year. And they were yeah. like, I d- what? And then right. came in my industry, I'm like, yeah, I haven't had sex in a year. And they're like, you doing okay? You're right, you yeah. Doing good? This is how people, yeah, but it's like, it makes more sense. Yeah, almost. and so I, I waited until I found the right person. Um, I found my alpha that I have now, and, like, I don't know. For me, monogamy isn't easy, but... As long as you have, and it, you don't have to do it. That's the yeah. beauty about like relationships now. As 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 we've co- become more comfortable with our sexuality, is that if you don't want to do monogamy, you can tell somebody right. and be like, "Hey, listen, this is not just, this isn't going to work for me. Like, we have to have an open relationship." Well, and this is what I found is more is that we're getting to the discussion, and getting to the discussion uh, is the healthier place because 
you don't know what the other person's going to We've all been, for, for hundreds of years, we all go through this thing where, like, okay, this is what a relationship is. Yeah. Period. And then everybody's breaking all the rules, and then everybody's upset all the time. So now we're to this place where we go, well, I don't know what my relationship with you is until we actually discuss it. Communication is key. I and like with every type of relationship, every type of, of uh, you know, feeling that you do have, like I always tell people communication is key, whether you're into, whether it's about relationships, whether it's about, you know, how you like to be fucked, whether it's, uh, you know, how you like your sandwich. Like yeah. you, need a, you need to be able to speak up. And that's what scares me for these people who are like, who can't do it. I'm like, you have to be able to vocalize what yeah. you want, what you need. You know, people can't, um, I had a DJ at the strip club. P- they can't, you know, be like strippers can't read your minds. We really can't read your minds. Like yeah. People can't read your minds. So you have to be able to, to vocalize right. what you want, what you need out of life. And the more you're able to vocalize it and like grab it and be like, this is what I want. Then what you want will come to you. And then you can't be upset that anybody else is right. Like, when, when you vocalize it, and you're like, this is what I want, and somebody doesn't give it to you. You're like, yeah, that's really kind of fucked up. But when you don't vocalize right. it, and then they don't give it to and you, and then you can't you're be hurt, mad. yeah, because you're supposed to know. The th- the biggest thing, and I'm j- I'll, the, I'll just say this last thing, and then we'll and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll conclude. But um, the biggest thing I'm noticing in the world in relationships is people are starting to feel like and I don't know how long it's been going on, but they're starting to feel like if they apologize, then that's some sort of weakness. And that's some sort of like thing, ag- almost against the relationship. So I, I th- almost, almost all of my like last three or four year relationships have ended over some sort of like apology confusion. And it's like people think that uh, if they like take a moment to go, "Hey, I fucked up," that somehow they're like, I don't know, like you're, lessening you're themselves. Yeah. But you're, I think, but you're strengthening yourself I to think say when to you another apologize, person. Apologize, you can. It shows your ability to be a. A, the, a mature person, be somebody who is able to stop and say, like, we're all, none of us are fucking perfect. Yeah. Like, you're able to be like, listen, I'm not perfect. I really fucked up. That's my bad. But uh, can we move on from this fuck up and yeah. keep going? If you can't, if you aren't willing to admit that you fucked up in some way, shape, or form, then you're never going to be able to grow. Right. And then, and then also there's the, yes, like, when you're blaming the other person for your thing, and it's like, pay for your porn and don't go call Absolutely. <laughs> That's the lesson of the day. <laughs> Thank you so much for our listeners. Uh, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, whatever thing you're on. We're on the other thing, we're on Stitcher, at Podbean. Uh, we got some content today from YouTube, if you want to check that out. Uh, it's another fun, another fun way to listen and watch us. We drop a new episode every Monday. Thank you to my guest, Thank Rose Star. So Thank you for being here. So much fun.